and mm-hmm. we've talked about this before every time we talk about a Marvel property, that there is so much additional baggage. And we've been trained over the last, what, over 10 years of looking for connections between things. And I'm not really seeing any of it. What's up, Internet? You're listening to the Making Geeks podcast, a podcast for makers, families, and geeks. What's up, gentlemen? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Evening. Evening. Earlier in the evening than I'm used to, (laughs) which is, uh, it's fun. It's different, but it's fun. Why why don't you go ahead and tell everybody why it's different, especially because we're mainly an audio podcast. Yeah, well, um, if you listened to the episode last week... um, then you'll know. Otherwise, I got a new job uh, at SketchUp as their video content producer. Uh, And so I am currently in Westminster, Colorado at the base of the mountains, which is glorious. Just being being able to look out the window and see mountains is just amazing. But I am here at the offices getting training, uh, getting set up for an international webinar that we're going to do next week. Uh, and so I'm, I'm here for a week getting immersed in corporate culture again, which has been interesting. Uh, but it's been fun. Uh, Aaron and Tyson, who a lot of people in the maker community know, uh, work for SketchUp as well. Um, and so they, they really undersold this job and have over-delivered so far in terms of the, the company and the culture and the people. And it's been, uh, it's been really fun. It's been, a lot, it's been a lot better experience than I thought it was going to be. That's awesome. Uh, mainly man. because, again, they, they undersold it. So it's been, it's been good. It's been a lot of work, a lot of video editing, which, I mean, I'm used to doing anyway. Uh, but just being around other people and in an office and talking to people, it may not seem like that big a deal, but just like, talking to grown-ups is is not a normal experience for me and so it's been uh it's been fun the past couple days having grown-up conversations and working at a desk and whatnot so that that have is you why seen, have you seen tyson and aaron are they working locally or like they remote oh, yeah, or... yeah i see yeah. them i see them almost every day nice cool yep tell them i said hi and i will and it didn't happen unless there are pictures, so you need to send at least a couple of photos. Yeah, I've been terrible about posting anything, <laughs> anything uh, since yeah. I've been here. Yeah, pics were. How, how have you guys been? I'm okay, I guess. All right. <laughs> things, uh... <laughs> things are kind of <laughs> slow right now, and um, as far as is everything, it feels like I'm just kind of waiting for summer. I have. Roughly three weeks, I think, of regular time, maybe like 14 days of actual work before my summer break kicks in. Um, and then it's, you know, a sprint to to fall and see how much I can fit in into 16 weeks, basically, um, along with the travel and family and just other regular adult responsibilities that get pushed off during the year until this time. Um, so it's kind of it's not really calm before the storm. It's kind of like this weird holding pattern of being afraid to start anything at this moment because I don't know if I'm going to have the time to finish it within the next two weeks, uh, which is there's still a lot of things coming up. So, um, yeah, just that and trying to keep up with movies right now. 
<laughs> Have you, Wes? There's definitely a lot to keep up with. Yeah, there is. Yep. Uh, myself, let's see. I am still, well, I had still been working uh, this week on my garden. Uh, I think I talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, we have in-ground sprinklers that came with the house that we don't really use that much. And I found a conversion kit that lets you take the internal parts of a sprinkler head and replace it with like this, basically it's like a splitter that has like up to six little uh, quarter inch tubes that come off of it. And you can run those tubes to different areas in your garden. You can use all of them or any number of them. And then each tube you can split off again with other like T connections. So I have basically uh, a DIY kind of uh, drip irrigation system that I set up. And it was actually a lot of fun. It was way more fun than I thought it would be. And it kind of has like, uh, had like a feeling of like electric, um, electronic kind of wiring. And like I have, I have experience like running wires through walls and through attics and through airplanes and things like that. So I had that same sort of feeling of running electrical cabling and even though it was like water and so it was kind of funny and there's all the different types of connections and different heads you can put on the different things to control like the drip like flow rates and there's even tiny mini sprinkler heads that you can get for these quarter inch tubes so they like start spinning and all this stuff i haven't messed with a lot of that i'm just basically doing the drip uh, irrigation for tomatoes and peppers uh, primarily because in years past we've grown tomatoes uh, somewhat successfully up until last year when I had issues uh, being uh, out of town and having different dry spells and not being able to water as um, proactively and as regularly. And so I think I had a combination of issues of different things affecting my tomato plants, including uh, blossom end rot, which I have read. I don't know if this is true. Please, anyone out there correct me. Uh, but it from what my research showed it's a combination of uh, watering issues and also a lack of calcium in the soil which comes from growing tomatoes in the same re area of your garden like repeatedly it basically leaches out all like the nutrients that it it needs to do its you know, normal thing and so that's part of why you have to rotate crops around which i'm learning which i know is a thing i just didn't know it applied to me you know on a small scale i think of big you know farming industry kind of stuff and it still affects it apparently and so there's like additives you can add to the soil to help boost the calcium level and also um, I wanted to have the spring the the watering more regular and so I'm using the automated setup um, the other thing is when you have supposedly tomatoes they're susceptible to getting pathogens from the soil so when the rain rains it splashes the soil up from the ground onto the, um, the leaves and on the stems and stuff, and it transfers stuff onto them like a fungus that can spread. And effect, it, it causes like little black spots on the tomatoes, which aren't harmful for people, um, but they kind of don't look great. And so the combination of these things, I'm trying different strategies like mulching to keep the water in the soil a little bit longer and also to provide like a barrier so... If it does rain, it doesn't splash up the soil up to the tomatoes. So I'm learning a lot more about gardening than I never thought I would be interested in learning, uh, primarily because I love BLTs, and that's the, the only time of the year that I make BLTs is in the summer when we 
grow our own tomatoes. So it's kind of been a tradition here at the house and the kids look forward to it. And uh, my wife and last year I got an immersion blender so I can make my own mayonnaise. So I'm like, I'm, I don't have any pigs, so I haven't done any bacon stuff uh, personally. So I'm, I'm eventually going to work my way to make my own BLT from scratch, I think. Is probably Just make how. friends with the butcher and there you, go. you can and cut your own meats. And grow some wheat for the bread. Yeah, I'm almost oh there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Wes, we definitely have different definitions of fun. Apparently, I have a different <laughs> definition for myself from like even a couple years ago. So I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, my son got a tomato plant when we uh, went flower shopping for my wife for Mother's Day. And we put it in a – we have a topsy, topsy-turvy. Is that what they're called? They're the, the little the, – the sacks that have the holes in the bottom that you oh, put yeah, yeah. tomato plant yeah, upside yeah. down. Yeah. And you, like, water it upside down and stuff like that. So Does that we, work? We have – yeah, yeah, it works. That's cool. It's uh, – it's we, you know, we our front porch is a combination of tomatoes and flowers, which is weird decoration combinations, but it works for us. That's cool. You're getting into gardening. I started composting, which I thought was going to turn out a lot better than it has been. It has been disgusting. <laughs> Just the worst. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. We put soil in it. We put cinnamon in it. The amount of fruit flies or gnat flies or whatever the heck that they're called, there's just a bajillion. There's a bajillion. Well, yeah, there's they're so they're, I don't, they're attracted to, to to the decomposition of stuff. Oh, my God. and it smells horrible. I'm like, this is not the experience I thought I was gonna have composting. Because you see those like TikToks and the Instagram videos, it's like, oh, we started composting two weeks ago, and look at this amazing soil. And I open up my compost, and I'm like. <laughs> It's awful. So if you, in your, you know, gardening expanse of wisdom that you're, you know, injecting into your brain, learn about composting, uh, share with me what you learned because I am definitely doing it wrong. Did you see the startup company that has created a, a countertop composting device? I, I can't imagine having that in your house as a, a singular device. I think my device. parents have one of those. I just, I would imagine that it just... I mean, it would have to block the smell. I mean, uh, like like what you're yeah. describing, I can't picture it being in, inside the house. It sounds like a de- it's like a dehydrator. Right? I I don't remember the exact details, but it, they they advertise it as a composter. I think it does yeah. some extra stuff though. Don't saw artisan saying that your composter is probably too moist. Well, it has been raining like constantly, so that might be part of it too. <laughs> Yay! Garden. We could t- we could turn into a gardening podcast. The, the we'll next just... step in my evolution, I actually went in great Arduino or some sort of electronics into the garden, because of course I do. Either make a CNC machine that automatically picks out the weeds, uh, which I've seen online, or a Garduino setup where you have a like CNC that picks out weeds. Uh-huh. I'd rather use a laser <laughs> that just obliterates them. It's got like it's kind of like the the claw from Toy Story, basically. Yeah, they and exist. It uses open CV like like uh, machine vision, machine learning, basically to identify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what? pretty hilarious. I don't know if I'm going to go that far right now, but the the Garduino seems like a nice stepping stone where you have like moisture sensors in the soil and it has different um, capabilities of monitoring and automatically. You know, 
applying different things. So there's a whole sub community on that, which seems kind of interesting. Automated farming. Speaking is of huge. Arduinos. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of Arduinos, I uh, we had a, a company, a SketchUp employee event today because we're celebrating 10 years of SketchUp and. Uh, the company just hit $100 million in annual ev- revenue and stuff like that. And so we had an employee event today, and I brought my pie badge with a little Arduino screen on it with the, hello, my name is Donovan. People got a kick out of it. I've, it was it was really fun to, you know, have a, have a talking point to be, <laughs> to, you know, talk to people, because I, I don't know anybody here besides Aaron and, and Tyson, so it's been a good... You know, conversation nice. started. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. That's super cool. So with as as busy as our schedules have been and all the different things that we're we're trying to fit into the day right now, it sounds like there hasn't been a whole lot of time for uh our traditional type making. So we've been trying to make time for watching shows. Yep. <laughs> Because they're less time consuming. <laughs> because it's kind of like the well, I, I don't know what, what your what your um, kind of like tradition is for like when and what time of the day that you watch shows, but like for us, it's like always like the end of the night. You know, it's either right before the kids go to bed. Just we're all kind of like decompressing and relaxing um, because you know it's kind of feel like I collapse into the couch at that time and just completely done. Nice, um, but. Tonight we said we're going to talk about Moon Knight, the interesting Disney Plus show that I can't seem to get any kind of consistent response from anybody on. But I I think that's kind of a running theme with a lot of shows right now, unfortunately. But I I think that's kind of a possibly a a result of being spoiled by having so so much really good content. Yeah, good content, geek related content Mm -hmm. that. That everything seems to be so microanalyzed, but I, I think Moon Knight is kind of a, a weird one in and of itself. And I'm really curious to hear, hear what you guys have to say about it because I'm not even sure what I think about it. Donovan, what what are your initial thoughts about it? I so in, in fact, I was just going to say that too. It's on the surface, I like it. If if I don't look too deep into it, um, I like it. If I don't think too much about it. <laughs> uh, for myself, I was super into the first episode and it my interest level waned uh, consistently as the series went on and I got kind of bored with it um, because of a lot of things that I was most interested in, like this from the psychological perspective, while they still leaned into some of that stuff it just felt a little bit different it wasn't as jarring like when like you were along for the ride with the main character with one of the personalities and how like jarring it was for a viewer to like just end up in these different circumstances and situations i thought that was a really cool thing and i guess maybe that was a gimmick they couldn't really keep going for so many episodes but i was hoping for a little more of that uh yeah i don't know um, I liked it more at the beginning. I kind of didn't lose complete interest, but, but some of the story elements I didn't really care as much for. And they did, like I said, they did kind of weird things that 
didn't really have much explanation or didn't have any uh, like real repercussions of they they chose to do a certain crazy thing and then nothing. Well, came we can of talk it, really. specifics, right? Yeah, we'll do we've, specifics we've, later we've, on. We've, yeah, yeah, we've given the spoiler, like spoilers, if you have spoiler, seen it, obviously. Yeah. Yes, we'll get more so specific more. now. So we can talk specifics. I would give it a B so far. So so far, there's only going to be one season, right? Well, I mean, I would hope, I would expect that character to show up some other time in some other media. Maybe not in his, his own series anymore, but. I mean, it did feel intentionally very disconnected from everything else, which I kind of liked in a way. But I hope to see more referencing to the stuff that happens. I think there's going to be a second season. Hmm. There, there's a whole... Well, one of the biggest yeah. storylines and, and things in the episode is is left unresolved. That's true. That's true. And, and arguably the most interesting part. That is true, yeah. So, Donovan, let's hear it. Okay, specifically, I <laughs> not generally, like specifically, yeah. what do you mean? There was another personality at play that they hinted at, but they never focused on at all. Yeah. A more violent one. Yeah, the psychopathic killer. That seems to be in more more direct cooperation with Khonshu than that Khonshu knew about the entire time, suggesting that Khonshu is, is a figure that's, you know, even less trustworthy more than manipulative, what, yep. Yeah, than what we initially initially thought. Yeah, I had a hard time identifying what characters I was supposed to root for, which ones I wasn't supposed to root for, and they were like these storyline threads that didn't go anywhere, like the uh, the main villain... He, I thought he had some sort of behind-the-scenes uh, corruption stuff. Something he was. What was it? They had they had the one chamber where they called on the different Egyptian gods. Yeah. You know, in their um, the vessels or the humans that inhabit that the gods inhabited or whatever. And the one avatars. of the lead ones. Sorry. The avatars. Avatars. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And the, the lead one, I, I thought there was like a an offshoot scene after they had the meeting where he was doing some underhanded dealings with the villain character, right? Yeah. But they never really like leaned into that again after that, I thought. I know, it just seemed kind of unresolved. It didn't and come like up I, again ever. It didn't come up again. There seemed like to be several of those kind of things in the show that I'm like, well, that's going to lead somewhere. And then it doesn't. Maybe they're just red herrings. I don't know. But I just kind of felt like I didn't know who to cheer for and who to root for. Um, I guess I was supposed to root for the two personalities, but I wasn't sure. And then the hippo. I mean, just like there's intentionally, you know, a lot of weird stuff. That's what they were going for is like weird psychological things. You don't know where the people really were. And like I said, there's stuff that was unresolved. Um, Even now, like you don't know, like the, the the, the crazy... Um, insane asylum kind of area that they showed. Everything's super white and everyone's in a hospital. Is that just in people's minds? Is that like another plane of existence? They didn't really... Unless I fell asleep, which is possible. They no, didn't no, seem no. To explain you're, you're correct. Okay. You're correct. So, Donovan, you're, you're still not saying anything about it. Yeah, you haven't said anything. Which makes um, me think something. <laughs> I didn't like it. 
I, I didn't like it. And there's a couple reasons for it. I do have justifications for it. Um, one is Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> because Alfred Hitchcock once said that suspense, to create suspense in filmmaking, you show a bomb underneath a table with two people talking at that table. And suspense comes from the audience knowing that there's a bomb under the table, but not knowing when it will go off. So in that, you have suspense. And Hitchcock was, I mean, he was known for it, and very good at it, and all this other kind of stuff. So you have that, that principle of filmmaking and storytelling. And then you have J.J. Abrams come onto the scene with this whole idea of mystery box and intentionally keeping information from the audience to try and build suspense by having reveals, by using the element of, not, of holding back information to then divulge it later as, as like a big reveal or something like that. And the problem with that is because Marvel is doing, Marvel seems to be doing this thing more and more where they are very much adopting the mystery box principle of storytelling and not the Alfred Hitchcock principle of storytelling. And Moon Knight seems like a pivotal product of that, of that idea because so much of what is going on in that story is kept from the audience to the point where you don't know what's going on. In the first episode, it works well as a storytelling mechanism because for people that don't know Moon Knight as a character and the split personalities and all that kind of, kind of stuff, the first episode did an amazing job of building up that jarring, we don't know what's going on, but we're going to find out. However, kind of like Wes, the rest, as every episode went on, it was more and more of things are going on, but they're keeping everything from the audience. Not because it's good storytelling, but because they're trying to make a reveal for a reveal's sake. And it's just, it's hard watching stuff like that. And then they didn't have the reveals for a lot of those elements, so there was no payoff. Yeah, there was no payoff. Yeah. It felt like they were just dragging me along. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I did not like Moon Knight. And the other reason is, again, a tendency of Marvel is that the scales have gone up so much in, in every Marvel project that every movie, every TV show, it's always the world is ending. Catastrophic event, everybody's going to die. Uh, you know, magic event, everybody's going to die. Evil robot, everybody's going to die. Like, the stakes are the same no matter what. Like, the world is going to be wiped out, everybody's going to die. And this, it was just another one of those things. And it made me think, like, because there's this, there's this whole talk, and co I haven't seen Doctor Strange, so I'm only, this is only conjecture, but there's this whole talk of bringing the X-Men, you know, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and, you know, Persephone, I can't talk, Professor Xavier's voice was in the trailer for Doctor Strange, I, I, I don't know if it was just them trolling us or whatever, but bringing X-Men into uh, into that made me think. And I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite X-Men movie? Second one. 
Um, Logan. See? Logan. If you ask a majority of people what their favorite X-Men movie is, the answer is Logan. It's funny. Logan. I, don't, I don't even think of that as an X-Men movie, though. It's kind of funny. Well, okay, if you did think consider it an X-Men movie, would the second one, would X-Men 2, X2, or whatever they called it, or Logan be your favorite? I think Logan is a better movie, period. But as, when yeah. I say when I think about X-Men, I think about like a team, you know, type, yeah, yeah. then I would say X-Men 2. But as far I as... I feel what, like the Days of Future Past, um, a couple other... other I, think, I think Logan is fundamentally movies. a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. And in talking to people, like asking people that question, like the answer almost unanimously is X-Men. I Sorry, not X-Men, but almost unanimously in terms of their favorite X-Men movie is Logan. And it's funny because Logan is the only, is the X-Men movie with the lowest stakes. The world isn't threatened. They're like, something isn't going to wipe out all of humanity. Like, nothing is going to blow up and destroy half the pop. Like, nothing. Like, it has the lowest stakes of any X-Men movie because the entire movie is about Logan and about X2. It's the mm-hmm. relationship. Professor the whole movie Xavier, is about yeah. Yeah, it's about the relationship. And I like that kind of storytelling because we've gotten to the point in Marvel movies where it's like, oh, the world is going to end. We know it's not going to end, so we're just sitting here for the ride of, mm-hmm. okay, how are they going to save the world this time? That's a good point, yeah. So and I, like, saw like a, I saw a funny meme where it showed like a, a tour. It was either an airplane or like a, uh, a cruise ship, and they were like driving through the ocean, uh, driving, what am I talking about? They were, sail- they were sailing through the ocean. I was in the Navy, clearly. Uh, they're sailing through the ocean, and they go by the uh, this celestial baby that is, like, half sticking out of the ocean that they never talked about again in any media since, since the Eternals movie. And so there's just kind of, like, a weird nod to st- unresolved, like, story threads that no one talks about. And they were just like, oh, that's it's fine. It's just like a celestial baby. It's It's, it's all – it's normal. It's fine. Just a thing now. On your right, we have you know, so it's just kind of weird. But I, I get your point. Your point. It does seem it's not it is not as interesting when it's always the same stakes. Yeah. I think that it's even more difficult than that because, and we've talked about this before. Every time we talk about a Marvel property, that there is so much additional baggage, and we've been trained over the last what over ten years of looking for connections between things. And we've been watching, we've been following events and we're looking for, you know, the the payoff for like the multiverse and how everything kind of comes together. And I'm not really seeing any of it. Um, like I said, on the surface, I like Moon Knight because I was trying to watch it in and of itself. Um, I completely agree with what you just said, Donovan, about, you know, like in Logan, the relationship is actually made it better. And I think the relationship aspect of this movie didn't come to fruition until was the last episode or second last episode where you have basically two halves of the same person Mm -hmm. because that struggle really should have been for well this is my opinion because i don't know a whole lot about the character seems like it should have been the forefront of this tortured individual trying to figure out who they are and then us as the audience members also trying to figure out who this person is you know is there a real person there um, the whole thing about what was it, the heart not being complete on the on the barge with the hippo and stuff. Right. 
mm-hmm. I, I liked that. I don't know if I liked the context of the way it was presented there, but I liked the metaphor um, yeah, like of, of this. Except that you have this third wild card that mm-hmm. should have that should have been part of that too. At least I think equation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, if it's it's weighing his entire life, how could it show he was balanced if not, no, there was no one pointing out if the hippo didn't even know that that third one existed and it didn't have any impact on him going to the afterlife or whatever, then that that's a discontinuity there, right? I mean, yeah, in the whole scene that where we finally hit hit the reveal of how and why this separation exists, I thought it was pretty powerful. After that episode, my wife and I, you know, turned off the TV and we had to talk with, you know, our kids because it's something that they're not familiar with. It's something that they don't know. And we like talking about things like that sometimes, you know, just the the emotional impact and the trauma of some people's personal situations. Yeah. The uh, the female lead in the show, I had trouble like caring about her at all and like even. I still don't even know who she is, honestly. Like, I know she's the ex-wife, but I don't know, like, any background. I liked her. That. Is she, like, a special agent? Like, but how does she yeah. know how to fight that well? Like, why, what is the, maybe, like, again, I could have been asleep through some of this and missed some of these things. But it just, I don't know. It's And also, I thought the hippo was supposed to talk to her. If she was supposed to be the avatar for the hippo being, how come there wasn't a giant hippo um, creature fighting and that was the other that was that's not, I remember this other element is like the dude the um the dude the the female character female uh, I'm having trouble thinking the female god that was the ultimate villain that was that was being resurrected or being brought back or what have you I, it uh, took the giant form of I know it. itself yeah. you're right by sucking in all these souls and it grew as it sucked in all these souls how did the other um, what's his name? Conchu. Conchu. How did he get bigger? He just, CG like, was bigger. CG. <laughs> I know that. He hit but scale the Maya. Like, like she, she's absorbing all these souls from people that are being judged instantly or whatever. Yeah. And it's showing them growing in size. But then he, the other guy, is like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm just larger now. And then the third person that's inhabited by a spirit. Which is, I expected a giant hippo to come running from in from off screen and like tackling both of them or something. It just seemed like the things they were setting up as like these are the expectations of what happens when this when you get inhabited by a spirit or whatever. It just they didn't follow through with a lot of the things they seemed to set up. And there's there's no ru- there's no rules of this world that we seems like we can follow. Yeah, and why do they need to like? There was no repercussions for like changing the sky. And like, like advance or de advancing or like spinning back the sky. In- well, he got imprisoned for it. Conchu no, got imprisoned. No, but for I'm it. saying there's, he did, but there's no like, re- did he spin it back too? He did, right? He spinned it backward then forward. Mm-hmm. For one, there's an iPad app that you can easily have access to to show you <laughs> what the sky. <laughs> so, I I took a tour of this is this is related. I swear, I took a tour uh, when we went to DC. Went to the, one of the Air and Space Museums, and there was a a device that was in a planetarium from the 1960s where they could punch in any like date, and it would retroactively show you what the sky looked like at that time. 
So either they could they didn't introduce like a reason they couldn't use that technology, which has been around for like fifty some years. Uh, no, we're just gonna spin back to the stars, and then like you know GPS isn't gonna like go haywire. There's like no like that doing that would have like disrupted so much more than throwing a spirit like in jail or just from a pure physics standpoint. Like what is actually happening when they do that? You know that can affect the rest of the world like talk about universe ending things like i don't even know is it just like an illusion is he actually like moving the earth through space i don't know is he moving the stars i don't know i was curious it was unclear as to what was actually happening there to me mm-hmm. little, little little observations i constantly feel like these properties and the stories aren't being pushed enough. It seems like they go part of the way. And and I don't know if there's a fear of making things too complex or fear of making things not approachable or, or friendly for, for younger audiences, not necessarily kids, but you know, preteen, I guess, because it seems like there's so much of the story that, that we either want to see or that would have fixed it that is either on the cutting room floor or just gets glossed over. That said, I do like them bringing the Egyptian pantheon into play because Egyptian gods are fascinatingly cool. They're all terrible, but fascinatingly cool. Uh, (laughs) And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential there, I think. And again, the first episode of Moon Knight, I thought was just extraordinary. I thought it was yeah, really good. It was. I was so excited was for the rest of the season. I'm like, man, if it was all going to be this good, it's going to be a great ride. And I'm like, nope, Snorfest. Yeah. I just there was just no skybeam in this one. There was no skybeam. I was waiting for the skybeam, and there wasn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. Unless you want to count all the souls like <laughs> raining down on, raining down on her, but it, there was a big CGI fight. <laughs> am I the only one that was really not impressed? With Moon Knight as a superhero type character, I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't know if he was a villain or if I should have cheered for him or what. So I had no, I didn't feel invested in the character whatsoever. Like he's supposed to be vengeful and all these things. I don't know. I kind of like the the Mister Knight character better in the suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They didn't really talk about what he's capable of or what his powers are or what his limitations are or <laughs> or anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it was just whatever was convenient for the moment. Well, no, I, actually, I think that's by design. I'm not saying it, it made for good storytelling, but I almost think that some of that was intentional because I think they were trying to break the mold. I think they were they were honestly trying to do something different, and in some ways they did, but a lot of things didn't work because of it. I think at the same time, you know, like like for instance, I, I'm not clear on the relationship between all the gods and humans. Nope. I don't fully... I mean, I know that there's this whole Avatar thing where the gods will have the humans do some of their bidding in exchange for for powers or healing or whatever was promised to them. I, I don't know the ultimate motivation of the gods. I don't know if they're similar to the Greek gods. Um, I don't know if all the gods in the Marvel Universe you know, have like a, a yearly summit somewhere to talk about these types of things. Because they... In in the in the show, they they made reference to the ancestral plane from uh, Black Panther, right? And then you have the Asgardian gods, and you know I think 
there's like this, you know, like humans, metahuman. Well, metahumans isn't isn't really Marvel, but you know, possibly mutants, and then gods, and then celestials, and eternal or eternal celestials. Right. You have all these different levels, and I think it'd be kind of helpful to have, I don't know, some sort of like chart hierarchy list they hand out before the movie, <laughs> like, an infographic. Yeah. So like, okay, we're dealing with you know what like this level. Because I, I know that in uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, Zeus is getting introduced, played by oh, Russell Crowe. Yeah. These are things I was going to try to say, but yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. there's there's a. And you have the God Butcher too. So Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. Is he going to be hunting Egyptian gods? Is that how they're going to pull in Moon Knight? Is he going to show up in Thor: Love and Thunder? I mean, it's a. I mean, if we're still supposed to believe this being as a connected universe, it it should. There's yeah. rumors about. Uh, gore being either shown or referenced here somehow uh, with the gods I don't I don't know anymore hmm. or the TV series just allowed them to have a character to insert as a cameo in a movie kind of like they did with Daredevil in Spider-Man yeah I, I don't think Moon Knight is any more than a cameo character now I think that's perfectly fine yeah in fact it's it's probably I think it's at this point with the number of characters that that are known in this universe uh, for us, I think it's ridiculous to expect anything more than that with a lot of characters. Well, for both Moon Knight and, what is she called, Crimson Scarab? Right. Because they introduced her too now. Hmm? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I know nothing about it. the character. I really did. Yeah. I, I think I'm trying to watch the shows from like the point of view of a, you know, a 10 or 12-year-old and enjoy it on that level. Grant loved it. Because if I try to be any more cere- uh, cerebral about it, I just... These conversations yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't overanalyze happen. it. Yeah. I did like the uniqueness of it. Having having a director come in and sprinkling their own, you know, cultural and background and personality and all that kind of stuff into a very homogenous Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think is great. Do you think that part of the issue with this was simply dealing with mental illness and how to present that? Because imagine imagine this show conceptually taking place or being produced in the 80s or 90s. How much different would it have been in terms of the subject? Um, I think that there are so many topics and themes that are handled with more more PC gloves now that I think vastly alter how it would have been done before. And this might have been one of those. Um, huh. I don't know. In the 80s and 90s, anything to do with mental illness would have automatically made you the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Anything to do with mental illness. Whereas all of the Marvel properties in this most recent phase of Marvel properties, all of them have to do with mental illness one form or another. Well, mental, Ill- mental Ill- illness or... Or trauma. Trauma, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that those terms are necessarily interchangeable. Not on the same you level. Don't, you don't think they're interchangeable? I don't think trauma and mental illness are interchangeable. I, I know that they're not they're not completely mutual, uh, mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. But just because somebody has experienced trauma does not necessarily mean they're mentally ill either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> I wonder at some point... Actually, no, that was kind of a dumb idea. You know how, um, with all the Transformer movies that are out, 
you know, the, the big old Michael Bay ones. And then you had the Bumblebee one that was kind of like a retro pick. Yep. Imagine them doing like a retro Avengers. It, it doesn't, it doesn't match with anything. I, I know. Wouldn't, wasn't Captain Marvel a retro? Yeah, I, I know. I know. Retro just, pick. I was in my I mean, mind. Like, I was thinking if, about if the Avengers happened in the eighties, what yeah. characters? Yeah. Yeah. So you're thinking like Rambo esque and like Van Damme. Yeah, because they, they, they've shown the they've shown the cast that it was supposed yeah. to be, or Tom they had Cruises, kind of picked at that yeah. time, and it, it'd be Iron kind Man. of funny to see something like that. Mm. Mm. I can see it. I mean, at yeah. some point, everything it. else I'd is already that. being done. You'd you'd watch that. At I'm, this point, is there anything we don't watch? What if I mean? What if it just ended up being a principle? fundamentally better movie? Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't watched the Bad Batch. I don't care about that. I watched about half of it. Passively. Yeah. All right, so I, I have a quick okay. question for you guys in general, just in terms of shows that you watch and how you watch. When you watch a show or, like, any of these series, are you 100%, like, focused on the show and watching the show, or are you doing other things while you watch? It depends on the show for me. Especially, and also where in the run it is. If it's, like, a premiere, I'm going to sit down and try to give it my full attention. But if it's like an ongoing series, like The Flash or something like that, I'm more likely to have it on in the background while, like, on another monitor while I'm doing something else. Unless it's like a crossover event or a season finale or something like that, like the strange creature of the week kind of format, wasn't as compelling for me to pay attention. A hundred percent. Forget that example, but like Star Trek and stuff, I have been watching all those in in my media area media room with a big tv and stuff just because i don't really have that many episodes of things to watch i don't watch a lot of the i don't watch any of the like the uh aeroverse related stuff anymore and so well that's actually that's not entirely true i have been watching the the superman show nah. but that one i actually watch in the background i don't give it its full, full attention. attention yeah because it's sort of Getting a little monotonous and a little boring, so it's sort of filler at this point. But uh, for me, I mean, um, all the most recent Marvel stuff we don't let our kids watch, and so it has to be at a moment where they're all asleep, and so it's just me and Ramona and cuddling on the couch and watching it. So we, I mean, we give it our full attention. I but Star Wars stuff we watch with the kids, and there's always like a bajillion things going on. So I don't give my full attention to anything like that, whether it's you know watching the Bad Batch or you know anything like that, anything new that may be coming out Star Wars related, never gets my full attention because there's always there's always this going on. I can't watch. I wouldn't be able to watch anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I should probably track when I'm like fully engaged and then when I'm also doing other things because I think it's kind of like a natural transition for me. If something's really good, I I actually can't look at anything else. But it, yeah. it's but it's not consistent. I should probably take you know pay more attention to to what shows or when that happens. It'd probably be interesting. But I, I could say that through all of Moon Knight, um, I was working and doing other things at the same time. I mean, both Ramon and I were paying really close attention for all the episodes in the series and even then we're still like what is going on what is the point of any of this so 
I don't think it mattered if you were paying full attention or not. Yeah, I was, I was curious. Good question, though. Yeah. Are there movies that you never tire of? Oh, my gosh. Yet. That's a whole Top Gun. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun. That's a whole, Top that's a whole, that's a whole to- Top topic. Gun another, another topic. That's a whole Top Gun for another movie. <laughs> actually, there's quite a few movies I don't get tired of. There's a list that I actually wrote out at one time. I was going to post an article about it. But, yeah. Do you, is it like your top 10 list? Or. Partially. But, I mean, or is so, it just like a special curated list of. I could watch these over and over again and never get tired of them. It, it, it's kind of like that. It's not that it has my entire attention, but it could be on constantly and I, I don't ever get tired of it. Um, there, there's something about the, the movie itself that just. It's um, non-disruptive in a way, and flows well enough that I, I can just watch it over and over again. You know, I did have this thought the other day that, like, it seems with a lot of movies lately, I'll watch them once and be like, oh, that was cool, but never have an interest to watch them again. I nope. can't remember, like, no, 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 I can't remember the last movie where I was like, I don't want to watch that again. But it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. There's there's some of the Phase 1 Marvel movies that I enjoy watching over and over again. Like mm-hmm. Iron Man 1, I like watching. I, I, I don't, but, you know, if it's on, you know. I look forward to seeing uh, No Way Home multiple times. I look forward to watching that one when it's released. I finally watched it. Is, it's out. It's been out. Oh, it has been? Oh, yeah. all right. I watched it a second time last week. I need to get it then, apparently. Just to try and pick up on everything going on in the movie or because you liked it so much? Are you asking me or, or Wes? Both. Cool, well, because you both, both have the same answer. Both. I, I think there's a lot of movies that I always need to watch twice anyways to see if I feel the same way. Um, I, I When I know what's coming, I can focus on other things and I'm not worried about, especially with a Marvel movie, I'm not worried about trying to find what, you know, what connects to what or, you know, trying to figure out if all the rumors online were actually true in the movie. I could try to, you know, watch it for what it is. Right. Um, I think I liked it a little bit better second time. I still don't think it's as good as what a lot of other people say, though. But I'm also not the biggest Spider-Man fan, so I'm a little bit biased in that sense anyways. I don't think it's about being biased. If you were a Spider-Man fan, then it might be biased. But Sometimes being a Spider-Man fan or a fan of whatever media makes you hate the movie more because <laughs> they didn't hold true to your expectations. So it just depends. The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that was another one. I was like, wow, that was really cool, but I'll probably never watch it again. I watched it twice, but... Yeah, I I didn't buy it. I probably won't buy it. So, mm. I think we're at a pretty good turning point here. What? Okay, just like okay. La- last last little question. What is the last movie that you bought? No Way Home. Hmm. I forgot it came out, or else I would have that. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, and I, and I, I bought it. I bought it physical. Are we talking too. like physical copy? Oh yeah, like, I, I bought physical. Like digital rented or whatever. No, I, I bought physical. Physical. Yeah. I still like having the physical Blu-ray 
and it comes with a digital code. So I like having both of those things. So if I'm out on the road somewhere, I could watch it digitally through Vudu. If I'm home, I always put in the Blu-ray. What about you, Wes? I'm trying to think about that. Uh, for the mo- for the most part, most of the Marvel movies I own physically. I didn't. I have no interest in buying Eternals because I really didn't like that movie at all. With, although my completionist self makes me want to buy it because I, I feel the same way. I'm missing three Marvel. <laughs> uh, I, I'm missing three Marvel movies, and it actually bugs me. You have an yeah. incomplete set. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What was the movie before that? Black Widow. Oh yeah, I don't own that one either. I have no. <sighs> or Shang Chi. Did I buy that? Man, I'm I'm running behind. Same Damn. here. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not as, I had been buying them, but I, I forget that I don't need to buy them because I have Disney plus for most of those. Disney plus kind of ruined it for me too. Like I used to buy every, I used to buy every Pixar movie. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Well, is it about that time? It is about that time. What are you guys geeking out about? Uh, Lego Optimus Prime. Okay, so Wes took mine. I'll pick something else. Wait, what? 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 Yeah. Yes. There's a Lego Optimus Prime set. It's like 180 bucks. Comes out June 1st. It's fully transformable. You don't. Have, it's Generation One Optimus Prime. Uh, it comes with lots of little accessories. Oh it looks brilliantly done. With the exception that Sean and I have discussed already, that he has no trailer. It seems a little bit incomplete without a trailer, to be honest. Even if the trailer doesn't transform into like a little base or whatever from the first, you know, toy. Um, but besides that, I'm, I'm definitely going to get it. The little teaser trailer, five second snippet thing was pretty sweet, and I was very excited. And my birthday's in June, so what a coincidence. Oh, What's the opposite of geeking out? Being super depressed? I don't know. I cr- I, I, I destroyed one of my my little drones. I had an FPV drone that I've been yeah. flying around, and I <laughs> somehow there there's this there's apparently this is probably like an axiom for all like drone flyers that I'm learning about is if there is a puddle somewhere on the property that you're flying on, you will find it. and i was flying over two yards worth a pretty big size yards of open area and somehow i found the only puddle within like 10 minutes of me charging of of playing with it so i had charged up over 10 batteries which is almost an hour's worth of flying i was ready sat down and like they're doing they're doing construction on our we have a new deck that they're building in the back of our house and so they've built these new stanchions. And they have these little cross beam things at angles. So there's the, like these nice, very welcoming holes to fly through. And so I was flying through some of those. And they had dug um, holes in the ground to pour concrete footings for the new posts holding up the deck. And one of them had water in it. <laughs> and so I, I crashed flying trying to fly through one of those openings and it fell straight down and i knew it was screwed because the video feed went out 
And then when I went over there, the battery light, like the, the light on the drone was still blinking, but the video feed had cut out. So I know that it was on when it fell in the water, you know, and I let it dry out and for like a day and I tried to fly it and I had the video feed again, which I was surprised. But as soon as I try to fly it, things starts doing like backflips on the table. It couldn't even like take off. So it like short circuited some of that. Luckily it was only a hundred and like $20 drone. So it's pretty cheap. The very entry is really low, but still it kind of sucked. So I need to get another one. Yeah. For my birthday, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't the present I was looking forward to, (laughs) but maybe (laughs) I'll just get it anyways. What do you guys get? What about you, Sean? I am geeking out about Cobra Kai season four. The trailer got shown a couple of days ago and it's getting a little bit ridiculous in some ways, but it's yeah. actually one of the shows where it doesn't bother me. Cause it's just, it seems just fun still. Um, and yeah, we're, I think we're kind of like in uncharted territory in some ways. Cause I think they've, they've done almost every callback and cameo they could almost possibly do. I think with maybe the exception of, of maybe one. Um, I think it might be the last season. In some ways, I kind of hope it is because I think it's it's going to start getting really kind of thin on, on material yeah. here soon. But it, it, it still looks fun. So that's what I'm looking uh, out about. Speaking of uh, Lego, they came out with uh, Muppet minifigures. The yeah. cast of the Muppets, which I was super excited about. And I went and picked up a couple of the... Because they're mystery. Everything's a mystery pack nowadays. Why? Just... Uh, I just there's want no, the sets. There's no suspense, like you said. I just, want the, I just want the set. So I went and picked up a couple. And my son and I opened them. And he loves them. Like, I've, I've tried to introduce the Muppets to my kids. And they don't get as into it as as i do which is fine it's it's totally okay um we do watch manamanup and the swedish popcorn song you know anytime we have you know songs playing in the car so there are muppet staples but my son got so excited and he like ran and he grabbed his allowance he's like we need to go to the store now so you can get more minifigures and i can get more minifigures and i'm like dude that is a great idea let's do it and so we ran to the store and the entire bay was sold out. <laughs> and I looked online, and won't you know, uh, they're now up on Facebook for three times the price. You can also you can also buy a full box of them on Amazon for thirty dollars. Yeah, but that's like not the twelve figures. That's like the mystery packs, right? Yep. Uh, see, I just want. And there's only six in a box. <laughs> thirty dollars <laughs> for six figures. Five dollars a piece. It's so expensive. No. But one of the things that I try to do with my kids, I'm like, okay, price per brick. Like, how much does this Lego set yeah. cost? I how taught them that too. It? Try to figure out how much price. And my son loves math, loves math, and so he likes doing stuff like that. But it's it's funny. There are some sets that I'm like, man, the price per brick of this set is too expensive, dude. I'm sorry. Should find something else. But I, I, we, my son and I had a moment. We, we were geeking out super hard about Lego Muppets. Very cool. One thing I'm geeking out about, besides Muppets, are our patrons over at patreon.com slash geeks. 
they help us keep the show on the air with their contributions. Every time we release an episode, they they sh- what's the, what's the what's the phrase? Put their sh- money where our mouths are. Yeah, I guess I was gonna say show the Benjamins, but that's not right. I don't know. I'm too old to be using slang. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much, including our top patrons, Jordan, Square Splinter, and Clinton. You guys are awesome. If you like more information about the things we offer through our Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash geeks and see what we have. For and be- besides talking amongst ourselves here on the podcast, we do like talking uh, with other people about stuff like this, about movies, about the TV shows, about Lego, like whatever. Uh, so if you want to talk to us about something that we talked about tonight on the show, you can do so individually. You can find Sean over at Geek Builders. You can find Wes over at Geeksmithing. You can find me at Once Upon a Workbench. And you can tell us, uh, what did you think of uh, what you think of Moon Knight? Huh? I would love to know. So let us know. You can also find more info on our website, makinggeeks.com. We have a shop with the uh, Making Geeks themed merchandise, and we also have a contact page if you'd like to provide any suggestions or ideas for the show. And on the homepage of the site, you can listen to all of our past episodes right there in your favorite browser. We want to thank everybody hanging out in the live chat uh, with us. Um, it's always nice uh, seeing like the, the running conversation that happens while we're um, we're talking. Um, Sometimes it's information to help kind of support what we're saying. Sometimes it's other ideas and just um, additional banter for the conversation. And if you'd like to be part of that discussion, you could do so every 6.30, uh, every night. Not every night. Boy, I'm, I'm having issues. Every Thursday night, 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 um, Eastern, and somewhere in between if you're between the coasts. And we'd love to have you uh, part of the live show. You can find new episodes of the podcast every Saturday morning on your favorite podcast player of choice. It's from all of us to all of you. You are prepared. You are ready.